So you finished every episode of The District and you're looking for something new to listen to. I'm Imogen. And I'm Emil. And together we host Stuff's daily news podcast, Newsable. Each day we take a look at what's happening in the world. And we bring you what's worth talking about. If you haven't followed us yet, then search for Newsable in your favourite podcast player. In the meantime, we've got a wee gift for you because we know you love true crime podcasts. So here's an interview we recently did about the legal challenge to Stuff's podcast, The Trial, which is about the murder trial of David Benbow. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you find and follow Newsable. It's back to the future with the return of a national party policy of years gone by. So what is social investment and does it work? For that and everything else worth talking about, find and follow Newsable wherever you listen to podcasts. Emil, we work as part of the wider stuff audio team, don't we? We certainly do, yes. But we're not the only podcast that Stuff has in its stable. We're not, no. We have friends. We have uh, friends like The Podium and The Long Read and The Commune and uh, Generally Famous. Yeah, and, yeah. You can stop uh, there. The human That's okay. We don't, we don't really need to list every single one of them off. And in fact, you've managed to miss out the one I want to talk about, which is The Trial, which was released earlier this year. It was a, a, a podcast about an unfolding murder trial uh, happening down south. And each episode only ever had stuff that was said in court during this trial. But then something interesting happened, didn't it? Yeah. Um, halfway through the series, a verdict came back and it was a hung jury. And then stuff was ordered by a judge to stop releasing the episodes. And actually, we might have to take the whole podcast off the air until some uh, date in the future. And you, Emil Donovan, then wanted to know... Why? Yeah, I did. I was keen to have a chat to someone about this because I think it's a really interesting case of how different storytelling techniques and mediums are viewed by the law. So I I walked about 20 metres away from where I sit uh, to the legal team and I said, hello, would you like to come and yarn to me about the trial? And they said, yeah, okay, let's do it. So kia ora, this is Newsable, I'm Imogen. And I'm Emil and this is What's Worth Talking About. Please state your name and occupation for the record. <laughs> I'm Genevieve O'Halloran and I'm the general counsel at Stuff. So you're Stuff's media lawyer? I'm Stuff's uh, head of legal, okay. essentially. So media law is a big part of what I do, but it's not the only thing that I do. We are here to talk about a podcast series that Stuff produced called The Trial. Yes. Can you please explain what The Trial is about in broad, brief terms? The Trial, the podcast, is about the trial of David Benbow, mm-hmm. who was charged with murder following the disappearance of his friend Michael McGrath. McGrath had been in a relationship with Benbow's former wife before he disappeared. There are lots of true crime podcasts. Mm-hmm. It is a thing at the moment. It is having a moment in the sun. But this podcast is a bit different. Can you please explain why? In a very kind of simple sense, it's court reporting, right? It's court reporting as it's always occurred, whether it's been in newspapers or on TV. As a trial is unfolding, it's reporting what was happening in court that day. I guess it's different from other podcasts and that other podcasts tend to go over a murder case or a trial after it's all been resolved and, and steps the listener through. Whereas in this case, the podcast was being delivered as the trial was unfolding, so prior to the verdict. Almost in real time. 
Yeah, not well, in real time, but like in a while something is actually going on. Yeah. We don't know how it ends. Well, I mean, and of course, Emil, as you know, we would never report no. in, in real time from a courtroom uh, because there are restrictions. <laughs> this is me getting a slap on the wrist right now. <laughs> there are restrictions in place. But yeah, very much more contemporaneously than you would expect from a usual podcast. But I would note not vastly different to what we at Stuff do every day on stuff.co.nz or what One News at TVNZ do as they recap the end of a day of court proceedings. Mm. So really similar in that respect to usual court reporting, but different from what you tend to see with these true crime podcasts. And I probably err on the side of caution. This is what I would call a court reporting podcasts because as of yet, there's no there's no verdict, so mm. we don't know whether a crime has occurred Right for this okay. particular issue. So, this is interesting, because court, court reporting is fraught. It is, yep. Why? Well, there are lots of restrictions around what you can and can't report on. Um, there's a real responsibility to ensure that you don't prejudice fair trial rights, which are paramount. We have some really experienced court reporters who are a real intrinsic part of the judicial ecosystem. It's not something that you can take lightly, although I would say none of our, our reporting in, in any sphere is something that we approach lightly. But court reporting, given the, the balancing act and the rights of the defendant and in some cases the rights of the victims or the survivors, it's something that you do need to play with a really straight bat and, and err on the side of caution. You are tasked with making sure that stuff's reporting is lawful. When did you find out about this podcast project and what came to mind legal brain-wise for you? What risks or um, concerns did you have when you first heard about it, if any? Yeah, well, our um, staff audio team are scrupulous about projects like this, making sure that legal's looped in really early. So on one hand, yes, it's slightly novel. We haven't done these these kind of podcasts before. On the other hand, we did take the view that this was very much court reporting just through a different medium. And one of the challenges often, and I've worked in TV before, is that sometimes you have very short duration to tell stories. Say, if you're telling a story for One News at 6pm, you might, even for a really big trial, maybe have three or four minutes to tell the story of a whole day's legal proceedings. With this, we had, I think the duration of each episode was... I want to say uh, 40, like 40 minutes. 40 to 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, which is a lot of time to give a really balanced view of what's being said and really be able to incorporate all of the evidence that has been presented that day. So for me, I actually felt that that provided us with, as long as we complied with all the court reporting restrictions and we got the appropriate um, permissions from the judge to use evidence or to use witness statements or to record audio, which of course we did, mm. I thought that would mean that our reporting was comprehensive and really balanced. Ironically, kind of, as it's transpired, in some senses, some of the objections to this, which we'll get to, have been about the comprehensiveness. The medium. Yeah, yeah. and the amount of time and that there's almost, I think, uh, potentially the defence is concerned that, that there's too much information out there. The trial of David Bembo, it starts in February of this year. The trial of the Stuff podcast... Uh, launches in late March. It's a five-episode series. Three episodes come out. And then all of a sudden, a special episode, a very short special episode comes out. Hi, it's Michael Wright here from the Press Newsroom in Christchurch. We'd planned to release further episodes by now, but David Benbow's lawyers have asked the court for a takedown order. They want the podcast removed from the internet. 
they fear it could jeopardise Benbow's chances of a fair retrial, should one occur. Stuff disagrees and is opposing the application. So we stopped releasing the episodes. Why? Well, the trial was ongoing. The podcast was intended to be five episodes. The first three had gone up and they were the prosecution case and the remaining two were intended to be, to cover the defence case. Halfway through, or, you know, three-fifths of the way through our podcast, the jury comes back from the trial and it's a hung jury, meaning they're unable to reach a decision. And quite swiftly following that result, the defence applied for what we call a takedown of the episodes that were already up. The judge didn't determine the takedown of the three that were up, but essentially put a pause and said, don't put any more up until this has been determined. Why does the defence, David Bimbo's legal team, why do they want the trial to stop putting out new episodes and to take down the episodes that are already up there? Well, the defendant submissions are concerned that the trial podcast creates a real risk of prejudice to the defendant's fair trial rights. Can you translate that into normal person language? <laughs> so... Essentially that the the information contained in our podcast will have a, a real impact on the ability of the defender of Bimbo in a future trial to get a fair trial from the jury. Essentially that the information would affect the way that the jury consider the evidence presented at the, at the next fresh trial. Right, so say it's like a year before the next trial. It's not, we'll get mm, to that, but yeah. say it's like a year before the next trial and say the trial podcast goes gangbusters and mm. loads of people hear it and somebody hears it who then gets called to be on the jury in the next trial, maybe they have a preconceived notion of what, what they think happened that is affected by the trial podcast. Is that pretty much it? Well, that would be the That would be the defendant's case. Yeah, yeah. The defense's uh, case, rather. Yeah, in this application, just to put Stuff's position, although I'm jumping in potentially ahead here, uh, we would say that there would need to be something in our podcast that creates a real risk of prejudice, as in that the content is prejudicial. Obviously, our position is that it's a fair and balanced um, report of the court proceedings, and it's it's scrupulous to point out the presumption of innocence in this case and to really fairly present the evidence and the arguments that were made in court. Very interesting. Sad that so many can be influenced by one little bastard. The Commune. Free love, group therapy and a guru called Bert. What could possibly go wrong? Listen for free in Apple and Spotify now. Search for The Commune. I guess a key question here is, the defence, David Bimbo's legal team, have asked for this to happen with regard to the Stuff podcast, The Trial. Mm. What about other reporting on this case? Have they asked for that to be taken down as well? Not that I'm aware of. Obviously, Stuff has covered this trial um, and other, you know, on stuff.co.nz, for example, mm -hmm. and we haven't received takedown applications for that coverage, just for this podcast. Okay. Why is that? I can only go by the submissions that have been made. I think, as I referred to earlier, there's a concern about the um, extent of the information that's covered, 45 minutes, you know, three episodes, potentially five episodes. Yeah. There's a concern about the volume of the information. I think I don't know what the trial strategy is for the next trial, but I'm guessing there could be concerns that what was presented in this trial might not be what's presented in the next one. Mm. The defence has made uh, has raised a concern about the accuracy 
of the content in the podcast. Uh, the Crown hasn't made any comment on that, so we, we can't assume that the Crown has a concern about the accuracy, and certainly stuff's reporting is accurate as far as we're concerned. You know, we were scrupulous about it. We've got a great team on it. We take court reporting really seriously. We, we're really good at it. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely not something, you know, the accuracy of our reporting around court is something we take really seriously. The sense that I kind of get is that the objections to this are because it's a long podcast series and it's probably not right to say it's like it's too interesting. <laughs> But do you know what I mean? That it goes into it in such detail and in quite a compelling way that someone listening to it might think of it as like a TV show or a, you know, like an NPR style true crime podcast serial. And it might fire the cylinders in their brain that are like, (laughs) oh, what about this? You know, everybody's got an amateur detective living inside them, you know, that kind of thing. Well, yeah, I guess like the, the Netflix yeah. Series have a lot to answer for. I think it's more, my read on it is it's a novel medium, right, for yeah. um, court reporting. So anything that's a little bit new is going to, and, and even though I was confident it was court reporting, it was novel for, for me and for my legal colleagues at Stuff as well. Mm. So we we had to think about it. So we had to chew through these issues. We found out earlier this week that... David Bimbo does have a new trial date. It's in about three months' time, I think. August, yeah. August, it's in August. What is the situation with the trial podcast? Right, well, we're yet to um, hear about the decision for the um, takedown, which was made at the end of April, I think, Mm -hmm. so maybe about a month ago. At the time that that the application was made and our submissions were made, there was no uh, new trial date set down. Uh, Now there is, so we're yet to see whether that new information will impact the decision. There is a very famous podcast, one of the most listened to true crime podcasts, and it is called The Teacher's Pet. Yes. Lynette Dawson was reported missing by her husband, former Newtown Jets rugby league star Chris Dawson. He said, I was going to get a hitman to kill Lynn, and he rang me and said, Lynn's gone. It's done by uh, a journalist at the Australian newspaper who goes and very thoroughly investigates this murder. Like a detective, really, eh? It's pretty full on. Yes. And at the time, it was not a murder. It was a disappearance. That's right. It was a disappearance, yes. yes. And there were no charges. And he lays out what he thinks happened Mm. in quite strong language. Like, he suspects somebody. Mm. And as it turns out, he's right. Well, the person is charged and subsequently convicted. (laughs) So, I guess. (laughs) But when that person is charged... An interesting thing happens in Australia, which is that the teacher's pet gets taken down. Well, yeah, and the reason for that is, um, well, there will be multiple reasons and the Australian system is, I don't know whether it's the same here or not, but I imagine the, the governing principles are largely the same. The subjudice period starts running from when the person is charged and subjudice is when the real risk of prejudice um, becomes much more tangible, I mm-hmm. guess, because you're charged and you know that there's going to be a trial in a reasonably proximate amount of time. And I wouldn't um, necessarily draw conclusions from the teacher's pet, but because of the nature of the teacher's pet, that's almost a, an investigation mm. leading to charges, where, as opposed to the reporting. trial, which is court reporting, court of, the, reporting. of the trial. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you see a strong difference between the two? Yeah, I do, because um, the teacher's pet 
all of that information, and I'm sure a lot of it ended up uh, in the um, murder trial. How many episodes were there before there were charges? I think maybe 18. Yeah, 18, I think. Long-running Huge podcast. Yeah. yeah, and there would have been a lot of information that ended up in the trial, but there was probably a lot of information that didn't, and the defence and the prosecution as well would have been concerned to ensure that um, and, and it was a really popular, we've got a lot of TV coverage, lots of people were listening well before charges, well before the trial, would have been concerned to make sure that the information that was presented at trial was information, you know, evidence that, that were comfortable, wasn't, you know, overly prejudicial, that the jurors weren't getting trial via podcasts, which was potentially a risk there. So, I mean, I guess the TLDR here is... <laughs> The defence's perspective is this might prejudice a new trial. It needs to come down just in case that happens. Staff's perspective mm. is this is court reporting almost in its purest form mm. and it won't do that. Yeah, so it's it's two-pronged. We would make the case that the jurors in a fresh trial wouldn't necessarily access it and mm. yet, even if it did, there's no re- the, the threshold question is is there a real risk that it would prejudice a fair trial? And it has to be a real risk. It's not a remote risk, not it might happen, it's actually that it's fairly likely, very likely to prejudice um, these jurors. So our position would be we don't think that jurors will go looking for it because they'll be told not to go do their own Googling research and there are sanctions in place, you know, there's the oath, there's the instructions, there's the fine, there's all sorts to drive that behaviour. And even if they did, it's it's fair, it's balanced, it's, it's just accurate, if comprehensive, court reporting. So there's not a real risk that it would prejudice any future trial. Do you have a steer on what's going to happen? Couldn't possibly comment. Could you not? No. No? <laughs> okay, let me frame this a different... Let me frame that question a different way. You might not be able to comment on that either, but um, do you think it would have been interesting to be on the other side of this? By the other side, do you mean... The defence's side of this, asking for the podcast to be taken down. I mean, yeah, I can. I absolutely respect what the defence is doing. You know, just because our um, interests are not aligned, mm. you know, it's the job of a defence lawyer to create the best possible conditions for their defendant, and that's what they're doing. And you know, they play a really important role in the justice system. So I respect that. The only other question that I have here is, with the advent of things like podcasts and social media explainers and amateur sleuth investigators and, and so on and so forth. Do you think the law is well enough equipped to deal with all of these rapid advances? Well, I guess, you know, unusually for a lawyer, I think I'm a bit of a Pollyanna. Um, So, don't laugh. Um, I actually think that the law is more adaptable than you would think. Mm. I think lawyers, like many professions, perhaps take a little while to warm up to change, but a good law should capture not what is happening today, but what is happening in 10 or 20 years. It shouldn't be Mm. prescriptive, right? And I don't think that our, um, our legislation is, and I think generally our judges are very open to considering all positions on this. Genevieve O'Halloran, thanks very much for your time. That's Newsable for today. I'm Imogen Wells. And I'm Emil Donovan. If you enjoyed this episode, please do follow us on your favourite podcast player and leave us a rating and a review. It helps other listeners to discover the show. And we just really appreciate it. Also remember, you can follow us on social media as well to stay up to date. Find us on Insta and TikTok by searching Newsable NZ.
If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.